Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. When did we start getting told that we need to get Botox in our early 20s? Yeah. And it's not because I'm like, I just want some old man to look <laughs> at me in the street. Like, that's just not it. Because I actually am like, ugh, be gone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I wish I looked so I wish ugly. I looked so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> I want to look at me. Like, I would only see myself in, like, the bathroom at work when I pee twice a day. Okay, twice that a health? day. Is that healthy? No, you're supposed to pee every two hours. Welcome back to the Weekly Chic Podcast. I'm Kristen. I'm Hannah. (laughs) We already said that at the start of this. (laughs) We did. Wow, wow. And today we're talking about Botox. Yes. Specifically why everyone seems to be getting Botox at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I was actually reading an article today about the, um, the rise in Botox. And it was really strange because it was trying to frame it as... The reason why there was an increase in people getting Botox and cosmetic procedures of any kind was because since COVID, there's been a rise because people want to look good on Zoom. And I was like, that's a really strange way to put it, considering I think it's more aggressive to see someone face to face. Like, I think you can see more of some. Like, I don't think Zoom has high enough quality for that to be like, that was just confusing to me. Do you know why I think it actually is? I think it's because people look at themselves on Zoom. True. So your imperfections are highlighted purely because... We're looking at us. Well, during COVID, we were looking at ourselves much more than we usually would. I also think this is not to go off track straight away, but there's a difference. When I work from home, um, especially during the middle of COVID, when it was like more long-term, like weeks at a time... Um, I would not dress for work in the same sense. Like it would just mm. be like tracksuit pants and a top. Yep. Um, and you notice your face more when you're not putting on makeup or doing your hair or doing these things to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when I'm at work, I'm not really thinking about how I look because I know I've dressed in a corporate sense and like I've probably done my hair a bit more. But at home, like I, we, I work in a second bedroom. So it's mm-hmm. a spare bedroom. So there's a mirror next to my desk all day. Like yep. I wonder how much that plays into it. Those little things play into it for people. Right. So you could like just get a glance of yourself anytime. And I'm not really trying. Yeah. So then other things become more noticeable. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I don't. Like, I would only see myself in, like, the bathroom at work when I pee twice a day. Okay, twice a day. Is that healthy? No, you're supposed to pee every two hours. No, at work. (laughs) Oh, I guess I do go for work for, like, nine hours. (laughs) Oh, that's another topic. We won't talk about urination right now, but sorry. Um, Yeah, because, well, the... And this is kind of off topic as well, but in the same realm, I think. Um, Not that a nose job is the same as Botox. Anyway, but a lot of people were saying that when... Um, Snapchat and Instagram like got huge and started, you know, the store like stories started filtering. Yeah, people started getting nose jobs because in a camera, because it's close to your face and because of how the lens works, which is not the same as a on a phone, is not the same as a regular camera. Mm. It actually is like I don't know what the terminology is, but anyway, but it makes your face look wider than what it actually is. Yes, because of the, the dimensions and the way the angle actually. Yeah, it's yeah, because, because of the mill. It's like a something mill lens. I don't know what the number is. Um, wow, I sound really educated. well researched. No, I know and what you mean. I've actually watched many a video on this before, and the way we perceive ourselves because of the angle of, especially the iPhone camera. We actually don't like the our how we look in a mirror is not how we look in a phone, mm. or even uh, like particularly the front front camera how we are looking on the screen when we're looking at ourselves. Cause I think even like, you know, a lot of women used to carry compacts around with them so they could like check, you know, their lipstick or their teeth mm. or whatever in the day. Like no one does that anymore. We just look into our, our phone. iPhone. Yeah. Exactly. We don't, if we actually don't look like that, then it's giving us a distorted image of what we really look like. It's interesting too, because think about like 
the rise of TikTok as well, like a lot of the challenges of that, you know, that symmetry where it's, it tries to... Oh, yeah, it flips it back and it forth. It flips your face mm-hmm. until you can see how symmetrical your face is based yeah. on the flip. And that's mm-hmm. like a really weird popular video challenge to do. Yeah. Horrifying. I did it. It's actually really weird that that's a challenge. I think it's because the standard of beauty that we actually see is like how symmetrical your face is. Yeah. Which is really weird because I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that some people have really interesting faces and I think they're much prettier than others. Yeah. Well, I think it's because scientifically we are drawn to things that are symmetrical. Mm. And so like, yeah, people who are, you know, technically like the most beautiful are people who are symmetrical. But then when you go to models, they like people will choose models who have an interesting look rather than like the most beautiful look. Mm. So, um, anyway, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I think this is all, it all kind of like we, and it's also so much easier and it's getting easier and easier. And this is not a new original thought to compare what we look like to other people. Yeah. It's like easier than it ever has been before. I think that, and I mean, I'm not the only one who thinks this, but a lot of people are saying that, um, any type of plastic surgery, fillers, any kind of procedures that are outside the realm of like general skincare mm. have been on the rise because we are comparing ourselves to, mm. you know, the elite online so much more. And um, a lot of the popular procedures at the moment, there's a lot of um, non-procedural or non-surgical facelifts that have become mm. popularized at the moment. I'm not sure how actually effective they are. I've mm. seen a lot of like photos online when I was thinking about this subject for this podcast. And a lot of them, like, I don't think, I mean, there are a lot of them are aimed at older women and they have before and after photos that look very, very based on, they're very based on lighting and angle. Oh. And I can see that it's, it's been shot differently. Okay. Yeah. And it really bothers me about how much people are charging for those things. Mm. I think more than anything, like I'm one of those people that's very much like do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think if you want to get a cosmetic procedure of any kind, like that is totally up to you. You have agency, you have autonomy to do that. I'm not that interested. At least now I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the way that in which we decide what procedures to get because there's mm-hmm. so much available, but also around the ethical standards and challenges that providers face and practitioners that are providing the service. Like yeah. that's what's kind of gets me sometimes. Mm. Yes. Well, particularly, and this is like the main thing we want to talk about how young people are who are getting Botox. Yeah. And a lot of the, I mean, I've had, I was talking about this with a close friend of mine a little while ago and they'll know who they are if they listen to this, but they were saying that they want to try really hard for the next two years of their skincare routine, like really go at it, like have like a 1500 step routine mm-hmm. and just try their best for the next two to three years and then see how they feel or get preventative Botox. Okay. And preventative Botox is such a buzz phrase at the moment. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't have qualifications, but I honestly think that that's a scam. Go on. Tell me why. Because so people say that you get, well, I should like sellers of Botox. Cause we always have to remember, like if people are telling you something that something is really good and they're selling it, they have an agenda, mm. but people are saying that you get Botox to prevent your skin from aging or getting fine lines or wrinkles, et cetera, et cetera. But also you have to get Botox every like three to six months. Yeah. So how is it possibly preventing your wrinkles when you're getting it, say at 23? I watched someone on YouTube who is 23 and is getting starting to get regular Botox because the question that I have is when you, if you start getting preventative Botox at 23 or 22, do you then have to keep on getting it 
for the rest of the time you want your face to look like it does at the end of your Botox session. I don't really understand how it works. Like if it's preventative and you have to get it every three months, is that because for what reason? Like what happens to... It dissolves into your body. What? Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Why would you start getting preventative now? That's what I wonder. Because like there are people, like have you seen those botched Botox videos on TikTok? That scares me. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Um, like there are some, they're meant to be comedy. Like the woman whose eye is like, like probably half a centimeter lower yes. than her other eye. Yes, I've seen And this. she does like comedy videos about it. So I'm laughing because it's comedy. Mm. Um, but if it was like, me, it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> e has like botched as a show, doesn't yeah, it? Like there's yeah. actual shows based around bad things that have happened in these procedures. Exactly. But even if you get botched Botox, I had a friend who who's um, Botox in her forehead. It was, I don't know if it was like too much Botox or did it wrong. Literally couldn't raise her eyebrows for like quite a few months, but now she has full like eyebrow mobility once again. So it goes away. It fades, fades out, I guess. Just like lip filler, like you need to keep getting topped up on lip filler. You need to keep getting topped up on Botox. So how can that possibly be preventative? It's really interesting to me. I mean, I think they just want to upkeep a look. It's like continuously going back and getting fake nails or yeah. fake eyelashes put in. Like I yeah. understand the premise and I understand that I think that if you have a particular insecurity, like for me, I've always thought about getting a nose job. Mm -hmm. Like I've always thought like if I just had a spare seven to $10,000 lying around, I'd like to go and get a really not major, but like mm -hmm. I would consider having that procedure performed. Yeah. But I've never, like I've never looked into it. Like mm -hmm. I've never gone and had a quote or like, looked into how it's done. Idea. It's just a vague idea. Mm -hmm. But then again, like what I've actually found is I've grown into my nose as opposed to growing into this idea more. Mm -hmm. Like with age has come this like, yeah, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Like I think at like 17, I was like, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. My first full-time job, it's going to happen. And now I'm like, oh, who cares? Yeah. Well, I guess you start to think like when you start earning the money that you could actually put it away, you're then like, I could do so much other stuff. Yeah. Um, but I also think that you just get more secure usually. That's what's, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's actually more secure or you just like get, it's like more years you've spent looking at your face or your body or whatever. Yeah. I've come to like it. And I've also come to be like, why was I so problematic about this in the first place? But then again, like that's not to say that other people shouldn't be getting, and I mean, some people get cosmetic procedures for um, like actual medical reasons as well. Yeah. So there's just different approaches to it. And again, I don't really like, if someone says like, oh, I got Botox, I'm actually just more like, how does it feel? How much did it hurt? What actually mm. happened? Which one did you choose? Like, yeah. this, how did you decide which person you go to? Like how much, like, I'm really interested in the charging, what the procedure was like, how much pain they're in. Like, I find that I just want to ask the questions because I'm not necessarily interested in getting it myself, but I want to know about it. It's like acupuncture. I mean, it's not like that, but it's like a range of mm. different sort of treatments that you can receive. I'm just more interested in like, oh, what happens in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, I um, wouldn't get it at the moment and I don't really foresee a time when I would decide to get Botox. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really think when I think of like, you know, is it problematic that people so young are getting Botox? I'm not actually thinking about it as like from the individual. Like I, I do think that everyone should do whatever they like. Mm. Um, but I wonder more from the like capitalist yeah, point of view. It's like, when did we start getting told that we need to get Botox in our early twenties? Yeah. And I think it, yeah, from their perspective, it's the ethical side of like, are you being 
transparent in the um, advice you're giving this person mm-hmm. um, and like do they actually need it and yeah. how much are you feeling that idea yeah because obviously people who are in their 20s who are getting preventative Botox or just Botox in general probably have a specific idea about what they want to fix mm-hmm. like a lot of people will come in and say I have this one treatment area that I'm interested in like I have a specific forehead line I have a specific mm. like crow's feet or yeah. is developing or like there's a specific area that they want fixed mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the time it's like well let's just make sure that we're not going outside that unnecessarily either mm. we're not going either the practitioners are not like oh we could get that one too while you're at it yeah or, or some maybe they might be yeah that's my concern in sex in the city yeah really yeah with lipo what happened um so samantha the oh, very the blonde, sexy one the blonde the one that is- will never be tied down yes 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 <laughs> She's one that's not coming back for the new season, is that right? Yes. And she's like the she's like the ahead of her time, like free spirit, like yes. I have sex with everything. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Never I've seen half of Sex and the City, the movie too. Okay, don't watch the movie. Watch the anyway. So basically she goes to get lipo because and she has this kind of like um I think the way that it was supposed to be in the show was this like feminist empowerment moment where she's like, I can afford to get it, so why not? kind of thing. Um, and she goes and she's like, I'm looking for just like a bit of lipo. And then the, um, doctor, this plastic surgeon, like puts all these marks all over her body and was like, yeah, you know, we can do that. But then like in five years, we can get you a breast augmentation. And then 10 years, you might need some like fat sucked out of your hips. And then it's just like kind of snowballs. And I, I don't have any idea because I've never been in that situation with a professional, but I wonder if people do, I know there's lots of jokes about it online, like mm. people trying to, you know, try and upsell you. Like if you're getting your eyebrows started, it's like, oh, why don't we thread your mustache? It's like, oh, cool. I didn't know I had a mustache, but thanks. That's what I think all the time too. I mean, but that can happen in any treatment room. Like this is so minor, but I remember when I went to my GP and I was like, hey, I'd like to go on the contraceptive pill. In deciding that I would go on the contraceptive pill, she was like, we'll make sure it's one that fixes all that up and like pointed to my uh, pimples on my chin. Oh my God. And I was like, well, that's not at all. Like I was actually having like, it was iron deficiency that I was initially going to get on the pill for. Mm -hmm. That was the actual reason. And instead she was like, we better fix all that up. Which is really because it's like, that's like a very, I mean, every reason to go on the pill is is valid, obviously. But like the fact you're going for an iron was like a very medical reason. Mm. And it's just like, oh, also like... Your pimples are bad. Just to let you know, that's bad. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, it's really interesting um, with health professionals, the way that they conduct themselves mm. in terms of the actual social communication aspect of these sort of procedures. Yeah. I actually had a facial once. Like I went in with my mum and we both got them. And I think I went in first and I like, lay down and they put that like really bright light on you. And she was like, so you have cystic acne? And I was like excuse me. Mm. <laughs> like my skin wasn't that bad. Like looking back, there probably were a few cystic breakouts in the, like just by way of the fact that they were very deep, mm. but like this, you know, professional. And I was probably 19 at the time, just like lay down there. And she was like, well, your skin is terrible. And then she's like, you have blackheads in your ears. And I was like, excuse me. And then my mum went in after her and she basically spent the whole time, like having a go at my mum for not like doing something about my skin. And was like, how can you let her walk around like that? That's a hum. That. I remember one of my best friends coming out of the hairdresser one day and crying because the hairdresser just the entire forty minutes she was in the chair was just like, oh, it's so dry. It's just yeah. You barely have it like and been like you're like you barely have any hair left. It's just so dry. Or like you should have been here months ago. And it's like <laughs> no one is ever going back to your salon. I no. don't understand why you think yeah. 
Oh, people used to do that to my hair too because it used to be like when it's long it's really curly mm. and they used to do that as well and i i think now that's just because like if you don't go to people who know curly hair and they don't understand what to do with it mm. and they'd always be like it's so thick it's so thick i need to go mix up some more dye it's so thick i'm like just don't why are you talking about just I mean, do it can i leave yeah before this begins exactly i just don't like you know if you are a professional you know whether you're a hairdresser or a beautician or a doctor i just don't like don't inject your opinion about what i'm doing well, that's here. part of it too because at the end of the day what i think is really hard about these sort of professions is they're still just people yeah i mean they've clearly got all the qualifications in the world to be doing these sorts of procedures mm -hmm. but sometimes the communication aspect about what they think you need is difficult to mm. separate from yeah. the procedure you wanted to have yeah exactly and because this is again it's hard because i'm not a medical professional i don't know how these things work but it's difficult when someone comes in for a very specific goal mm -hmm. and that might be tainted or in any way um, redirected by their view of what the outcome should be, especially yeah. when it's a very physical appearance-based treatment. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's another problem. And I know, like, I can't speak on it because I have never like had this experience, but I know that a lot of plus size people have th those problems at the doctor where they go in because they're like, you know, I have lots of hay fever and they're like mm. well you could really lose some weight mm. and it's like that's not really relevant so i can't really speak on those more serious issues but it is like it's just so unnecessary and like it's like a violation because you're going in there kind of acknowledging that they are the professional and they know what they're doing and you're the one who's seeking out their professional mm. opinion and when you're kind of i just feel like it's a betrayal when you're treated like that in somewhere i know what you mean like that um Anyway, I think this is all related to Botox. <laughs> it is. No, it is because I think it's. I think that preventative Botox is the starting point. Exactly. Like I, and I think it's kind of like getting a tattoo or a piercing. You get it, and then you want more mm. because you've had it once, and you know. And it might be partly placebo effect, but I think you talk yourself into like, oh, it does look better. Yeah. So now when it fades, oh, it has to happen again, and like it's cost, but it's also like quite a painful treatment to be going back for, like. The idea of getting a lip filler, oh, that seems so painful to me. Yeah, I feel like your lip is a They're very... so brave. Yeah, and it's like when it's on your face, you can like see the needle coming. I'd oh. be scared. The other thing is that I was just thinking about is when I think that, or I guess this is maybe a question, um, Botox seems to be more, in quotes, acceptable than any kind of filler, lip mm. filler, um, kind of more, you know, the, I guess... I don't know, plastic surgery light, I suppose, procedures, because I guess Botox, you know, good Botox is bringing you back to how you looked before, like yeah. before you got the wrinkles or whatever. Whereas it's a change. Exactly. Like getting your lips injected. It's like, you, it's, this is not how you looked before. Yeah. It's like a new look, like you now look different. Yeah. So I wonder if that's, if there's like a, a level of like what's acceptable or not in society and whether you know, perhaps Botox is a lot more accepted than something that actually alters the way you look. Yeah. To what you like to something that you didn't look like before. I think there's a lot of stigma with Botox that you just can't move your face. Isn't that the thing? Yeah, that I think makes so. It like when you've had any like a Botox comes with this stereotype of like, well, they have no reaction or emotion in their face anymore. Yeah. That's like the trope, I feel. Even Whereas, though good Botox you should still be able to move yeah, your face. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, injections of like a lip filler or an like alteration of a nose or a chin, like something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's about like fundamentally changing the way you look as opposed to like preventing aging. Yeah, yeah interesting my mum i don't think has 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she would have mentioned it. Um, has not had Botox, and I don't think she will. Oh, which my is mom interesting. Hasn't either. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason that I'm not in yeah. that interested. I just think it's so interesting that, like, the people I know who have Botox are all like my age or younger. Same. That's really bizarre. It's to who's me. talking about it to me though. Like some people True. might be getting it in private. Like, um, I used to live next door to a cosmetic clinic, mm-hmm. and all the women that I saw going in there were probably between forty and sixty, and they would like very upper class because they'd park okay next to my house, mm-hmm. and so I'd see that like different people going in oh, every day, yeah, and yeah. it was overwhelmingly just like moms who'd like. We had people who were like, oh, I'm trying to do this because I've just had my last pregnancy and I'd like this done. Mm-hmm. Um, or people who were just like coming into their 50s and 60s and retiring and just like, oh, I want this or this done. Like mm-hmm. literally because I went into the reception a few times to ask people to move their cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like literally I would be like in reception, like listening and they'd be like, I'm looking to have this. I literally heard them talking about it like a mm-hmm. multiple occasions. So I did hear a few things and I was like, huh, lots of before and after pictures, lots of pricing. Yeah. Inside scoop. I thought you were going to say something else. No. <laughs> um, were they driving expensive cars? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Because the people that I know, and I'm talking about mostly people online, like influencers, um, who are for the most part younger than me, it doesn't even seem to be like a big thing, which is interesting to me, like the way that they talk about it. And this also might be just like with the kind of generational shift where we're all like younger people are a lot more open about these things. Uh, It's kind of just like, this is my appointment today. It's like, I'm going to the dentist and I'm going for Botox. Um, And it's because I think like, even when I was that age, like I feel like getting a tattoo or like getting a piercing had a lot more like lead up to it yeah. than even Botox does now, which is interesting. I don't, well, it, it does. It's not as permanent. That's true. It's also How not bizarre. that visual. Like, yeah, it is, but it's not something that everyone's going to be like, Oh my God, pull up your arm, like your shirt or something. <laughs> pull up your arm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. Do you think, do you still think people are like keeping it secret? Yes. Young people? I don't think young people are. No, me neither. But then again, I don't know because they're keeping it secret. Yeah, (laughs) true. But I think that with young people, it's like, oh, this is like, I mean, the thing is also it's difficult because people I know that have had it are very open about that sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm just really interested in, and then they want to have a chat about it because they've just had it done or whatever. Mm -hmm. And comparing pricing, where'd you go? Like there's very common knowledge of like, what's the best and what's the worst clinics and what's the right price and things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't really have much knowledge of it. That's why I want to know. Yeah. Because I probably, it's interesting. I've never thought about having it until recently because of the amount of people that have been telling me that they've been getting it. Yeah. It is just pattern of behavior thing. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is I think it is a lot more subtle and I don't know if that, don't know if that's just the approach that younger people are taking because, yeah. you know, you know, when you're in your early twenties, like how much, how many wrinkles do you have? Yeah. Um, even though I so really found out that's like when you start getting wrinkles, mm. excuse me, like nowadays, see how my face looks. You're, you have really good skin. Thank you. But this is not what I look like for the first hour of being awake. Like the puff on my face takes at least an hour to go down now. Really? Yeah. And I swear that was since I turned 27. Like it didn't used to be like that. Oh my God. I know. How oh, crazy. What will happen to me? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So I don't like, you know, I think our, if you go back a few years ago, our idea of Botox was like older women with skin that was like so obviously stretched back. Yeah. 
Um, whereas now it's so much more subtle and I don't know if that's because the techniques have changed. I don't know if that's because younger people don't need as much Botox or if it's like a different kind of tech, um, a different like approach they take. Mm. I don't know. I'm wondering, cause like, like the people that I'm seeing getting Botox, you couldn't really tell, you know, the day before and the day after that something's different about their face. But to them, they think. Yeah. Cause that's my thought sometimes is I think for a lot of younger people, it's about something that bothers them. Yeah. It's not something that other people would notice. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a wider ethical question. Yeah. Like how many, like, even if they perceive to be doing it because it's something that bothers them, do they think that it bothers other people? Yeah. Because I think that in like today's society, it is really difficult to figure out the difference. Like how much do we actually do for ourselves and other people? Because I hear a lot of people saying that they get like X procedure done for themselves. I'm like, if you were the only person who saw yourself... Would you still get it? That's really interesting. And is that a fair question to figure out if they're really doing it for themselves? I think that is a fair question. I mean, at the end of the day, I still believe that everyone should be able to pay for. If you want to use your money to do that, that's fine. Yeah, for sure. It's fully legal, and if you have, if you, it's a big enough problem for you. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. I it does not bother me. Like, if mm -hmm. that's what you feel like doing, I think that is a really good question to ask. Like, if you were the only one who saw yourself, would you still care? Exactly. But then I guess how do you answer that question? Because if you're the only one who saw yourself, you wouldn't be socialized. Like That's impacted really... by society. Like if you knew that you were going to, I actually did a bit of this in like a, um, a sociology class at uni and it was really interesting. We all wrote down the things that we do to our bodies for other people and what we do for ourselves. Mm. And I was like, is there anything that we do for ourselves truly? Like if I knew that I was going to be by myself for one whole month, like what would I do to my face, to like my face, my body, blah, blah. I would still exercise because I do believe that I do exercise for myself I because it's more too. for the, um, the feeling. mental health. Yeah. Um, and like, it's just like a habit, but in terms of like, like I wouldn't pluck my eyebrows, I wouldn't cut or dye my hair. I wouldn't shave any part of my body. I think it's really hard to separate because when I think about the reasons that I do things, I don't think I'm doing them for others, but it's because I'm so socialized that I correlate the way I look with the way I feel and my mental health. Yeah. And it's not because I'm like, I just want some old man to look <laughs> at me in the street. Like, that's just not it. Because I actually am like, ugh, be gone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I wish I looked so I wish ugly. I looked so ugly. Friend, <laughs> <laughs> want to look at me. I wish I was a sewer rat. Remy from Ratatouille. <laughs> like, Remy's actually a cutie. Um, An ugly Remy. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that like, if I personally know I'm having a bad hair day, it's not about someone else being like, she's having a bad hair day because they won't notice. Right? Mm. And I know they don't know. I know that I know because I know what my hair looks like when it's good. Okay. And yeah. it annoys me because I have to move through the world going, Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bother me that much, but it kind of reminds me of that scene in Fleabag where mm -hmm. they go to the hairdresser and she's like, hair is everything. It's a sign of fertility. It's a sign uh, of yeah, this. Like, yeah. It's because also these things are biological. Like, for example, like, um, have you seen that scientific video where they talk about like, um, so the week, like when you finish your period and then the week after is when your face looks, it actually looks more symmetrical. Really? And there's like, there's literally all these stats on like, you do look different physically during different weeks of the month. Mm -hmm. Right. So that I also notice this correlation. Like sometimes I'm like, 
I know I'm feeling this way because it's X week mm-hmm. and this is how I'm supposed to be feeling and why am I hungry? And I really try to correlate these things, mm-hmm. but I still innately know it's a good or bad day. And it's not really about the fact that someone else is attracted to me. It's about the fact that I feel it. Mm. But it's probably because I'm so socialized that I think these things. Yeah. Well, I guess because if you took that, if and it would be different, like if we were just like still, you know, cave people mm. versus like, I'm going to have a month for my on my own yeah um because it's hard to because like with it if you had a month on your own starting tomorrow you'd still have all of the socializing that you already have the other thing is like do i have my phone true yeah because that's a massive part of it yeah for me not so much well it's because what we're looking at for me like i don't follow the the k-words mm-hmm. but if I was, I think it would have a massive impact on like, oh God, looking in the mirror, but it's all about money. Like that look is about how much money you have. That's a reflection of how they, like, I know that. Yes. But it's like when that is just constantly on your mind, like I don't use those filters. Like the only time I use those Instagram filters is to send one to you when I I think it's funny. (laughs) I'm like, look at me. I look ridiculous. Like the tattoo one. Yes. That was a great one though. And why do they all have the top of your lip is just like slightly turned up. It's like you've had fillets. Yes. All of them have that now. Yeah, I know. All of them have drawn on freckles and Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. Um, But it's kind of like, those are the things that make you like, I try to oppose them on purpose, but I still have a feed full of people who are like, it's announcement culture. It's like perfection culture, all these things. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I'm so socialized that I can't forget those things. And if I'm literally looking at my phone, I'm subconsciously not acknowledging the fact that these people are all putting their best foot forward online. Yeah, yeah. So it affects the way you perceive everything. So when I'm at working from home in my tracksuit pants with I have a mustard stain on the butt cheek or something. <laughs> How'd you get mustard on the butt? That's so impressive. <laughs> and then I get up, look in the mirror, and then I'm like, oh, like four <laughs> people from school got engaged today. Yuck. <laughs> like, that's it. The, the perception is just totally skewed. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Well, I find, like, for me, this is this one very specific thing sometimes this has happened to me and I, I don't think about it at all. And then when it happens, I'm like, whoa, like I'm in a bad mood that day. I'm just like feeling a bit off Mm. and it'll be a day that I like cut and dye my hair. And so by that time, like it'll be almost Brown, like mostly grown out, lots Mm. of regrowth. And then I will cut and dye until it's like fully fresh, which is like fresher than what it is right now. And then my mood will just switch. Hmm. And I never put the two together until I've done it. And I'm like, uh, interesting. But what, like, do you think you just don't like the look and you don't realize it's the look? I don't know if it's actually about the look. Cause I don't really, I don't actually look at myself very often. Like, I, you know, during my usual day today, yeah. I'm not really looking at myself very often. Um, but I don't know, like it has happened quite a few times. That I'm like, wow. Because I just it's almost like I feel like myself again. That's really interesting. And I don't know if it's specifically because I do feel like my hair is like a big part of who I am. Which is like so lame because of what you just said before about Fleabag. Because I know No, because it is. I think it's a really relevant thing. Like And all but also I think that my hair speci- actually like says a lot about my personality. Yes. Because it's like but it's, it's a funny. very purposeful because how many people would notice that you dyed your hair the day before? Like at work, do they notice? 
they they always notice when I'm like, so I just started a new job like maybe two and a half months ago and they notice the first time they're like, oh, you've like mm. done your hair. But it's every two weeks now. So people are not mentioning every two weeks. Yes. But it's always like when I meet people and then the first time I redo it, they always say something, but they won't say anything after that. So people do notice when it's fresh. I mean, I notice when it's fresh because it, especially that first couple of days, yeah. it has a certain look it's, because it's shaved. You're yeah. a one with a shaved head that dyes it frequently. It's very, very bold to people. Exactly. And look, it does act, it does make a statement, like even though sometimes that annoys me. It's like, you know, a woman who shaves, especially because I shave my own head, it's just like you're making a statement. <laughs> it's so funny because now that I know you, I'm like, cool, fresh, not fresh, few days. How I, I yeah. can't really tell. Yeah. But like I can tell absolutely fresh and then a couple mm. days after. Yeah. But realistically. Also sometimes when it's absolutely fresh, sometimes it's like a slight burn mark on my forehead. Uh-huh. It's funny because I think it, when I first met you, I was like, whoa, bold. And now I'm like, that is Kristen. Like that, that is just, when I see yeah. someone with a shaved head, I'm like, is that Kristen? That's the only yeah. thing I think now. Is that Kristen? <laughs> that's literally it like there's nothing i'm like very nice you have a head for it great work is that Kristen? that's all that runs through my mind that's funny whereas before i probably would have been like "Ooh, bold shaved head yeah but like now i'm so normalized but it's funny because so many men have buzz cuts and they look like shit so why don't i think that's bold (laughs) (laughs) oh but it's because for men they're allowed like you know societally allowed they're allowed permission granted (laughs) weirdly for me like i don't really I think because I bleach it, it's more of like a whole thing. Like if I just shave it off, I think that's a very different statement to me because yeah. it's, it's more just like, I don't give a fuck about my hair. I just want it gone. But because I bleach it, it's a bit more of like a style. I, I, shut it, I cut it and I bleached it because I like blah. It very much suits you. And thank you. I've seen you with hair and I'm like, no, the, bo- the shave yeah, so really looking, works. Like, it's, it's because back. I've never known you like that. Exactly. But, but I would be, if you were like, I'm growing it out fully, I would be like, whoa, why? Like, I, I think this is the one, you know? Yeah, me too. Me too. But I don't even think of it as like equivalent to Botox, but maybe for some people they feel the same way because I don't really think of my hair as like something that I do for my appearance. It's just like part of me. That's so corny. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye.